In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? And get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thursday. How has this week been treating you guys? I saw uh, my first like play back since the pandemic. Danny and I, it was yesterday, it was my husband's birthday, and we saw Little Shop of Horrors. Fun. It's technically off-Broadway, but... Uh, it was really, really good, and it was really fun, and it felt really awesome to be in a theater of that nature again and, like, see a play. Did you have to keep your mask on the whole time? Yeah, unless you're drinking, like, actively, you do have to keep your mask on the whole time, but I don't know. I mean, here's what I'll say is I – it gives you a lot more leeway to be mouthing – the words a lot <laughs> to suddenly see more. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I, At least I it's like bopping. only gonna wear masks. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually did because, like, I w- one of the things I learned about myself last night is I know every single word of <laughs> Little Shop is deeply, deeply uh, ingrained in my heart and soul. And having the mask on did enable me to mouth the words along uh, and not look be distracting or look insane so I was talking to somebody last night who sees a lot of shows and they were saying that like there's a lot off Broadway and that it's they were saying they saw something that was like an allegory for the Flint water crisis and they saw another one that was just like a two-hour reading of a of a CAI CIA interrogation I mean yeah Broadway is Broadway's back back. and people have some things to process it seems like Mm -hmm. I well next up for Christmas Danny and I are gonna go see Wicked because Danny has never seen Wicked, and I think that he needs to understand what's going on there. Yeah, he needs to be part of the culture for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. I haven't I seen think, Wicked. I I should. Yeah, I haven't I seen it crash either. your date. Sup date. Ooh, f- sup date. Ooh. Everybody Sup-date. goes to see Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll all share a dog sitter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wink, wink. Oh, <laughs> More on that next week, but today <laughs> we're going to cover, I feel like this always happens on on Thursdays, but some upsetting men um, and some upsetting news. We will Great. start with one of the upsetting men. So the House of Representatives yesterday voted to censure America's most insane dentist. Did you guys know he's a dentist? <laughs> oh, God. Paul Gozar. And the villain in Little Shop is a dentist. dentist. Wow. Look and he sings about how today. he's a dentist because it is an outlet for his psychosis. Anyway. We're going to sign off on this, and I will see Pandelise <laughs> has tweeted that Paul, <laughs> Paul Gosar is the dentist from Little Shop, played by Steve Martin in the movie. Anyway, continue. He's a dentist. <laughs> Notable detail. So he's also the representative from Arizona. As we know, two weeks ago, he tweeted an anime video depicting him killing AOC and harming President Biden. 
Gosar never apologized for the video. He did delete it after two days. On the House floor, he emphasized the fact that he deleted the video as basically why it was okay. He was like, what? I deleted it. After the center vote last night, he put it up again. No. <laughs> and then took it down again for half an hour. Because Twitter, like, there are archives now where even if you delete tweets, there's there's a record of where it is. I think that might just be for, um, like, people in public service, though. Like, if you're a representative in government, you your tweets are forever. That makes sense, and I think that's probably good. <laughs> that's I'll true. allow it. I'll allow it, Amanda. I, yeah. So he has, I feel like I no, I'm just like Twitter's forever no matter what. And also like Yeah. God, how old is he? This is just like what? I deleted it, everyone. Like, come on. Uh, he's sixty two. Yeah, I mean the way I feel about this whole story in general, obviously there's like the overarching, like, disturbing nature of tweeting violent things about, like, a young woman in Congress, uh, et cetera, and the president of the United States. Uh, But underneath it all, too, it's like, this is so stupid. And this man is supposed to be, like, being a member of the House has always been maybe uh, less reputable than it should be. But it just really feels like, my God, these people have no respect even for themselves. You're going to tweet out an anime video of yourself as a cartoon with a sword. Like, you're... It's just, I feel like the level of seriousness with which our government even takes itself is zero at this point. I mean, if you worked at a supermarket and one of your coworkers posted a video killing you, they would be fired. Like, there'd be nothing. And, I mean, you know, it's you can't even say it's decline of the Republican Party because it's been like that. What is it? Tim Yoho um, called Alexandra AOC, like, a fucking bitch. And, like, yeah. these people don't care. And then, and then went on a whole speech about how he's a dad, which is, like, shut no. up. It's just, like, like, so callous. It's just really, again, like, it's a little scary to me that these people are so flippant about it. Like, I feel like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they would be so embarrassed about this kind of behavior. And I mean, maybe not because they were talking mad shit about Obama. So let me, I don't know. But like, things have just gotten so bad. And then they want to complain about the woke mob and the whatever mafia or whatever. If AOC did this to anyone... (laughs) Democrats would take her out. Like, they don't even need to do anything. Oh, if she was caught swearing at, like, another congressman, like, if she went up to, if she called Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, a fucking bitch or something. Al Franken left Congress, and I'm not saying that to make any judgments on whether that was right or wrong, but, like, you would never. Matt Mac Gates is still in there. He's still in there defending me. But you're <laughs> Matt right, Gates like, is still in there saying he's going to hire Kyle Rittenhouse, <gasps> Kyle oh, Rittenhouse. fucking oh, asshole, who will probably be his colleague someday in the house. I know. I mean, he, he probably he heard will. he was a teenager and was like, "Oh, I need to work with career. him." <laughs> and it's so terrible because it's like, what has this guy even done besides kill two innocent people? Nothing. That's his resume. His resume has like. Worked at Subway when I was 15, like sandwich artist. And then <laughs> I killed three people. 
um property defender yeah <laughs> murderer of three <laughs> here's here are my qualifications um but the thing, I've, yeah. I've murdered i've taken I, lives what we keep saying about the republicans is that they like seem to have very low self-esteem like they are they're degrading their own jobs so much by letting this continue that like i do think Maybe not, yeah, maybe not during Obama, but so to expel somebody like Paul Gosar, it would take a two-thirds vote. And it's like, you can imagine a scenario a decade ago or 15 years ago where you could get two-thirds. There's still be those crazy Republicans who act like this, but you could still get two-thirds. But I'm just trying to think of any other, like, work scenario where the leaders are just like, yeah, let's hire a bunch of it, a bunch of violent idiots. That'll be good for our and company. Zero that, like, what, what does that make you look like? It, it completely. But in this case, it's not just like a company; it's our entire government, and that's what's scary about it is that it's losing all legitimacy. I mean, we also had Lauren Boebert up there saying probably the most insane things I've ever seen said on the House floor. She referred to Ilhan Omar as um, part of the Jihad Squad and referenced her brother husband which is so far right i didn't even know what the fuck she yeah, was talking about yeah it's like a about. conspiracy uh, theory a, yeah there was like a long time ago um said that whatever but her husband's white now like actually her <laughs> right actually she's on her second husband and that's what like, she, means. she was like not the husband you're thinking about the other one <laughs> but yeah there's like a conspiracy yeah, i mean it's, it's super racist it's uh-huh, super racist. Like, it's, like, outrageously racist and Islamophobic. But there's, like, a rumor that, or conspiracy theory that she, like, married her brother or something to become, to come well, to the U.S. Like, the, the theory that I've heard, the theory that I've heard is that she married her brother for, like, papers or something. Yeah, which I think that's so, what they try to say. Which is so funny to me because Jared Kushner's <laughs> grandparents uh are they they were they came to america as siblings and said that jared kushner's uh like great-grandfather was actually jared kushner is his grandmother's last name like they did some manipulation it's like but i mean it does it's not like oh this is bad or it's incestuous it's just like In in that time, they were only like they wanted to get out of Poland because of fucking World War Two and what they were doing to Jewish people then. And they the for some reason, America only wanted like fathers and sons. So they said that the maternal grandfather was actually the dad, whatever. And like, it's just so funny because it's like, yeah, people will do anything to escape a dangerous situation. So like, why wouldn't you in turn have compassion for that but in any way like it's just so but that funny theory is that more somebody credible who's... than this theory which is has no basis right exactly okay yeah no this theory has nothing but i'm just saying like republicans yeah. do that shit too and like they're not it's just like a cognitive dissonance i think of like things that people do and like marrying like it's just i don't know crazy to me but when i found that out i'm just like yeah, I mean, you're yeah. putting people in cages, but like your family, if this was, you know, your family would have done the same, you know? I think that Republicans have more voters that have brother husbands than Democrats. If we're going to make mm, value that. judgments, <laughs> if we're going to make some value judgments, then well, I think that's where it, it would go. Frankly. Yeah. I think the states where that's allowed are mainly red. So <laughs> maybe she's going to want to take that back.
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So more details on this. So Gosar is the 24th person in history to be censured by his House peers. He'll be removed from committees, which I guess is is good. Only two House Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger, voted with Democrats to approve the measure. But as we know, these are like, these aren't even they real Republicans them. anymore. I mean, Liz Cheney literally this week was excommunicated by the Wyoming Republican Party. You know what's sad? Is I think that Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney have more of a chance of being, like, would be more likely to be expelled by Republicans wow, for yeah. something they did than Paul Go- than anything. I think Paul Gosar could have, like, tweeted something way worse and still not ended up mm-hmm. expelled. But I bet if Republicans mm-hmm. were in charge and, like, Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger did something they don't like and they had the votes, they would expel them. If they had the votes. Yeah, yeah I mean, and- I'm sure that's why they just took her off of, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it sounds... It sounds radical, hard to imagine, but you're so right. If they had two thirds of the house after the Capitol riot, they would have gotten they would have gotten rid of her. I mean, they they took her out of her leadership. They used democracy to get her out of her leadership position because because they were mad she stood up for democracy. Yeah, and like Adam Kissinger, like he's like excommunicate. He hasn't. He's still he's super Republican. Again. He's anti-abortion. He's like totally. as Republican as they come, and like 
they all hate him. His own family won't speak to him. I read like a New York Times profile. I mean, totally. I don't, you know, I don't feel bad for him because, you know, he still, still has abhorrent fucking views. But it's just crazy that he. But he's just kind of like maybe we shouldn't threaten our coworkers, and that and like that is viewed as like, fuck this guy. He needs to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let's listen to AOC's statement on the House floor yesterday because I thought it was really powerful. I've been serving in this body just under three years. In that three years, enormous amount has happened. But in response to the Republican leader's remarks when he says that this action is unprecedented, what I believe is unprecedented is for a member of House leadership of either party to be unable to condemn incitement of violence against a member of this body. It is sad. It is a sad day in which a member who leads a political party in the United States of America cannot bring themselves to say that issuing a depiction of murdering a member of Congress is wrong and instead decides to venture off into a tangent about gas prices and inflation. What is so hard? What is so hard about saying that this is wrong? This is not about me. This is not about Representative Gosar. But this is about what we are willing to accept. So this made me think of like, we sort of were talking about Dave Chappelle this morning too. And it's like all of these men, why do these, if these men don't think their speech matters, if they don't think it's important, if they don't think it has an impact, why do they fucking bother talking so much? (laughs) They're constantly talking. They're constantly saying shit. And then they're like, who cares? It doesn't even matter. Then shut Mm. the fuck up, Paul Gosar. Shut up, Dave Chappelle. I mean, well, yeah, that is what I feel like is what's always happening. It's like the 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 thing of like crying I'm canceled on a podcast that two million people are listening to or <laughs> like selling out Madison Square Garden with a like with a fucking tour that's like censored. And it's like you literally are saying <laughs> this stuff to <laughs> thousands of people. But um it, it it's it's this way of like I, I I mean it's men in power but I think it's like people in power and like patriarchy in general and people who are serving it so like you see it with obviously like Dave Chappelle's not a white man but he's a man who's in power but you see it with like white women kind of will wield things in the same way where it's like you're a victim you, you want to play the victim while also reaping the benefits of like not being the victim at all so you want to cry well, canceled yeah. on to an audience of thousands of people like you want to say I should be allowed to say whatever I want, but also say like speech isn't important. Like it's it's they always want to like play both sides of it. It totally is. And it's like I think we we talk about this like all the time of like nobody's can't like people are just saying that they're upset and they're mad that people that they're used to oppressing or talking shit about now have 
some kind of power, like at least enough power where people are like, hey, actually, I don't think this is cool. I'm not yeah. going to watch this or I'm not going to engage with this or like, actually, this is wrong. And now they're like, oh, my God, society is so fucked up. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, it's not like now people have power and you're upset about it and you're not actually canceled like you said, Elise, like they are they they do continue to have a platform and i i constantly think about this and it's like you can be the guy who says whatever he wants and does whatever he wants or you could be the guy who has friends and makes money and has job you know what i mean yeah but like and is critical acclaim and everybody loves you but those two people like you can't do both honestly like nobody can do both um and that's you know like that's what i think about shane gillis unfortunately that's what i think about azalea banks who mm -hmm. i think is is really talented but it's like yeah you can't you can't just say whatever you want and then expect you know yeah but they're they're getting signals that they can like i was telling you this morning that i went to a comedy show last night and there was such a gross transphobic joke and it was just delivered because this person like clearly wasn't worried about consequences and like never had thought like that might be hurtful. Like I, and like that trans women are violently killed because of the assumptions made about them that he was joking about. Like they have no connect. And like with Paul Gosar, this will this puts AOC in actual danger. Caitlin it mentioned does. this on the podcast yesterday in a different context, but Obama had Secret Service like very very early because he was such a target because of what republicans were saying to them mm -hmm. and like i just these people have no connection to the idea that their words matter at all yeah or the things like things that you say can result in violence or uh like incitement in this way it's a, it's interesting because um we danny and i were actually talking about this in general with like um, the the astro world mm -hmm. stuff, and I mm -hmm. think that sometimes like people who are in powerful power, people who are rich or famous or they're a dentist in Congress <laughs> or <laughs> like or they're one of the most talented comedians of all time and are sort of insulated because of that and have a Netflix deal where they can literally have all Netflix has already agreed to put yeah. up any content that they produce. Like when you get there, you you're, it's such a privileged place to be because you, you feel so far removed from the consequences. Like Travis Scott mm -hmm. is like, if something bad happens at my concert, it'll take, it would have to be so bad for it to get to me. Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to think about anything that's happening at my concert at all. And I'm not going to think about like the way I'm at, like egging on the crowd to behave at all, because like how would nothing bad's yeah. going to happen to me or like nothing bad would ever happen because of me or like. The fact that something bad could happen itself is does not demotivate that behavior, which I guess is what is always so crazy to me. Well, to me, I'm thinking like, I totally understand that energy. Like I go to a lot of, shows and rock shows and punk shows and like everyone's like yeah mosh or whatever but it's like yeah those are like a hundred two hundred people in a venue and there's like a designated area and if people don't want to part but like you just can't do that in like a fifty thousand like arena which 
and tell people to like it's just like you can't have that diy kind of edgy i'm sorry because again it's like either you have that at your shows or you're this super millionaire who can buy your get a school bus for your daughter but you know because she wants (laughs) friends she's never seen because she's never seen a school bus before you know what i mean but like (laughs) <laughs> That's the thing. It's like people yeah. don't want to have concessions. It's like the guy who the guy who does a show and everyone gets rowdy and there's like a little mosh pit and have that energy. Like I understand that. Like it's fun. But those are not the people who like whose wife or whatever baby mom is a billionaire. Like yeah. You cannot have that anymore. Sorry. And obviously the big example that's sort of lingering with all of this is that Donald Trump incited people with his speech. To go and attack the Capitol. And he has not seen any consequences for that. And I'm not saying all of this stuff from Dave Sappel to transphobic jokes and comedy shows are because Donald Trump hasn't been held accountable for the insurrection. But it is just like the degradation and the lack of consequences for these really serious things, especially with men. I don't know. I feel like I feel it everywhere I go. Yeah, I mean, it, it is yeah. interesting. Like, it feels like we're we're talking about such disparate things. But at the end of the day, it's like... People who are powerful not taking violence or potential violence seriously. And then it's the people who are not in power that, number one, understand, oh, this actually is serious. Like, Mm -hmm. you can, as women, I feel like, and, you know, Millie, you can speak to it, like, as a woman of color, like, you can see the way this violent rhetoric trickles down to an actual woman being injured. Like... But someone like, I think Paul Gosar, number one, doesn't give a shit. But number two, has never really had to think about the way violence against women happens. And he doesn't really care. He doesn't care. And, you know, it's like men putting things in motion that ultimately lead to, like, people getting hurt. I I just kind of feel like, um, I just feel like even the way that we're socialized like we're so socialized differently. Like we all say like, what, you know, if somebody gets assaulted, like sexually assaulted, like, well, what did you wear? It's like, I feel like as women, you are constantly filtered through the world of like, what you do has actions. Don't lead this guy on because then whatever, that's messed up. Or mm. don't do this, don't do that. Don't walk at home. If you walk at home and that you're, or if you get too drunk, you're inviting him to this. Or if you go back to, so it's like, it is those things of like, I think we are socialized differently. And especially like people of color are socialized differently of like, well, what did you say to the cops? Don't mess with the cops, this and this and that. You know what I mean? So it, it is like this hyper awareness it is like this hyper awareness of, of consequences and what you do will affect everybody. And like, you have to be super careful and you can't be the angry black woman and you can't be this and you, all this shit. And then like contrasting this to like a society who's gonna let a kid who killed two people and shot another one get away for free, you know, go away for free. That kills, He's gonna get you an know, internship. He's, he's gonna, gonna get, get a job. an internship and get rewarded. The murderer, now, and here again, it's like, we are literally bringing violence into our Congress. Matt Gates is now saying, oh yeah, the kid who drove and killed people, I want him physically in the building of Congress. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, shooting three people and killing two people is the could very well be the best thing that Kyle Rittenhouse did for his image, for his career. What the fuck does that say next time this happens and blows up? 
and there are protests and dangerous situations and tensions. Are other 17-year-olds going to go get their lawn guns and hope for their chance to, like, get in that pipeline? I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, truly, to be honest, like, depending on how it all pans out, he's become a hero on the right. People, like, love him. If he gets off there are no consequences and he gets to now be this like like literally he he could we could see him speaking at the next rnc damn i oh uh, god i think in that's Orlando. happening <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, Orlando, I mean they have the people on masculinity the, the mccluskey's got to speak just because they waved a gun at protesters mm-hmm. yeah and so, then they're like, like and then they're like oh this was the worst thing it ruined our image and it's like did it fuck you Millie, I think that you just, you got at it really well when, like, the reason it feels like all these things are connected and why it's so surprising to see men behave this way is because we're so aware of the consequences that it's just, like, so stunning to me and to us that people would behave that way. Whereas, like, other men, you know, like, you know, I was with other guys at this comedy. They didn't have the same reaction because I was like, I cannot believe people are doing this still. I cannot believe it. And they were like, I, I can. Like, why why would they stop? Like, Nothing's going to happen to them. Well, to be fair, Amanda, so like you went to a show in in the city. And I mean, this is like the criticism. I mean, to get super insider baseball. But this is why like there are separate comedy scenes. Like me and Elise are part of like a very progressive, very inclusive comedy scene in Brooklyn. You know, in certain spaces with certain people, mostly women run a lot of queer people a lot. And like you just that's just not tolerated. And then. And then then there's this other set, you know, but like, I think there is even a clash. It's so funny because it's reflective, but there's even a clash because, you know, people who people are used to those kinds of comedy clubs and the things that you went to last night, like being the standard of comedy and those guys getting the most success and those whatever. And then people have built their own communities and their own followings and stuff. And they've gotten a lot of success deals, movies. And like those guys are mad and they're like, Oh, cancel culture, wokeness, whatever. And it's just like, no people want to like, I want to be able to bring my friends to a show and not have them hear that. And like all that stuff. And it's just like, it, it, it is this whole worldview thing of like there's that reality of like people are doing that and they don't see consequences in their bubble but then when they see people in other bubbles thriving and stuff like it fucks them up because they're like no I was told that I can do this and still get success and everyone you know so it's, it is like a real thing now it's also becoming like like a reverse virtue signal or like a dark virtue signal or whatever to be like to be like a guy who's uh, working at a stand like at a comedy club who's still doing transphobic jokes is to be a guy who's saying like I'm from this school of comedy I'm from these are the comedians that I follow like I'm doing what Chappelle did like da 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 and it's also it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before that idea of like saying you're canceled to two million people on a podcast is like like I should comedy is about like saying whatever you want and like I my stuff is just too edgy for people when you're saying shit that has been like 
a joke, like the most reductive hack exactly. joke yeah. from like the eighties. Like, right. literally, like the other one. I there was more. There was another one guy, and you're he not just doing did, like, anything. Pronoun now. shit, just like ugh, they. It's so annoying, right? No, shut the fuck up. Well, that's, that's their only got? joke. That's Why the joke. Why did you leave is, the like, house tonight? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that's like the only punchline. That Ridiculous. they have is like, oh, I identify as a sandwich or whatever. Like, okay, come on. Okay. But like, yeah. And then they're like, you can't be funny anymore when it's like, um, again, like funny. I said, like there's a ton of people getting being very successful that aren't talking about any of that. And they're doing well for themselves that mm-hmm. have that are doing jokes that are not about pronouns. Like, what does that have to do with you? You know, I don't know. I think that a lot of comedians are great when they like observe the world or share their worldview or talk about, you know what I mean? Or like talk about where they're from and whatever. And like, if you're a white guy or a straight cis guy, like pronouns, like what is that? That has nothing to do with you. Nothing, nothing to do with you. That it it doesn't affect you. So it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you have nothing interesting yeah. to say on that topic to me. I'm sure, like, find the thing that you actually have something to say about. Like, but I think, like Millie said, it's like, oh, this is how I can, like, oh, what you said, like, it's like reverse. I think that's such a good way to put it, reverse virtue signaling. It's like, no, 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 I want to signal to you that I'm, I'm that type of edgy comedian yeah. that like doesn't, that doesn't care. And like, I, I sent him a lot of messages today. I'll, I'll, I'm scared to check my Twitter. But then to this morning, I felt guilty I didn't leave. But then I was like, why should I have had to end my night early? Because this guy can't help himself from punching down but like that guy sucks and like no one's ever heard of him and it doesn't even matter you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like he'll never be anything like i never you know it's like whatever it was but, just so like, shocking those are the guys that, that get happening. mad when they come to brooklyn and do shows mm-hmm. and they can't yeah. like yeah and i was so- just it just was thinking about it as i was walking through gosar and people defending him and being so up in arms that like like, like you always say, Emil, it's like, fine, say shitty things, but don't expect to be lauded and celebrated and, like, you are entitled to something. Yeah. Even though you've done this inexcusable thing. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get on stage and do, like, a routine from, like, a B movie in the 80s that, like, you can't even get on VHS anymore and then try to tell me, like oh, your comedy is so edgy and (laughs) advanced that, like, these sad little snowflakes in Brooklyn can't take it or whatever. Or these, they're also the people who are like, you should be able to do comedy in every room. And then it's like, okay, can you do your act in a room with queer people in it? Yes, you can't. Like, Like, I dare you. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you actually perform for every room? You literally can't. Like, it was a weird crowd where everybody but us was wearing a Patagonia vest. And like, even like (laughs) this other guy, Jordan, had a really funny joke where he was like, you guys look like the homeowners association. And maybe that's (laughs) why, like, that initial person thought it was, thought it was okay. But, Exactly. Well, I was saying, like, I did a show in my neighborhood, like, in Bushwick at this, like, this is a real bar where that it's like an independent video game, like an independent arcade where all the games, like, all the arcades are, like, by independent developers. It's actually really cool. And they had a comedy show there. And this is in Brooklyn. And and this is in Brooklyn, of course. Exactly. No, like... 
So one guy, you know, it's just like, that's kind of the atmosphere. A lot of, you know, <laughs> different people. So there was this, this one guy who went up before me and he's a club comedian. He's one of those guys that does the stand comedy seller, whatever. And he's very successful in those things, but he comes and he's just like, what does queer mean anyway? Like, it's just like, it's just like, what are you doing? The first like half of his set was all about his identity and how he grew up in foster care and like actually like compelling, funny stories about his life that I was like, whoa. And then he starts like, I don't understand what queer means. Isn't that just gay? And like, kind of harassing people in the audience and then it was just like it didn't go well it killed the energy and then like he just left after and i'm just like ruined the show and i'm like okay now i have to go up after this yeah that's exactly what happened is that this was the guy that was this was the mc and immediately lost the trust of most of the audience and the rest of the night was hard to enjoy I do love following just some guy who's like having a meltdown being like, tell me what queer means. Tell me. And then he leaves and Millie's like, all right, cool. <laughs> all right, so these are my large nipples. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, okay. <laughs> there was one joke I heard last night that made the whole night worth it that Jordan Fisher made. And I want to repeat it for our listeners because they'll appreciate it. He referred to last Friday when like Red came out um, and Britney was free. Uh, and and uh, Jessica got her name back as Juneteenth for white women. <laughs> yes, very I funny. That, yeah. So that I was know. a good, a cleansing, a cleansing joke. Uh, we'll end there. This doesn't feel like a time we need to pivot to the opioid epidemic. We'll come back to that <laughs> next week. <laughs> no, it does not. No. No. And we have taken up our time for today. Thank you, gals. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. (laughs) And this is the Betcha Sup Podcast. The Betcha Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.